Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard and I have alongside with me my good friend, my co-host, Parker Fleming. Parker, Jimmy looked at Mama. Mama just looked down. She said, why does it take a funeral boy to bring you back to town? <laughs> That's excellent. That's an excellent call. Uh, Chandler looked at Mama. Mama looked just, yeah. just looked down, but yes. Why does it take a funeral to uh, to get you come to back town? Yeah, man, man, what a um, what a week, what a weekend in uh, in Horn Frog uh, football. Um, yeah, doing doing well. We've finally gotten back into Mountain Time Zone, which is uh, I would say a a life upgrade. So pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, how are you? How was uh, you went to a concert last night? How was that? I did. I saw Churches, uh, my, probably my favorite non-country band right now um outstanding mm. show their their first uh first leg of their tour uh, for the new album um highly recommend i think it cost me 36 bucks and it's one of the best concerts i've ever seen so uh yeah nice. it's a very nice way to spend a tuesday night yeah dude that's awesome uh i'm a boomer so i don't listen to churches but yeah they uh, it looks cool it, it's, it's a it's a tiny scottish girl singing very powerfully at the top of her lungs i, I highly recommend um, I'm into that, yeah. dude. That's my genre. Like, what's her name? Um, Grace Potter. Yeah, you know Grace, Grace Potter. I love Grace Potter. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, this is that, but like more a little electro, I think. But um, yeah. Anyway, no, Max. We're not going outside. We're here to talk about uh, TCU football and Parker. Some updates, I would say, since we last spoke, um, both in terms of yeah. the quarterback room, the coaching search. I'll let you take your pick. Where do you want to start? I mean, I we have to pour one out a little bit for Matthew Downing. Uh, R.I.P. Your uh, pick six in the <laughs> Kansas State game and in the Iowa State game will not long be forgotten. Um, yeah, Matt Downing's transferring, which is just funny. That's just... I, yeah. I, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny that it came a week after Gary left, which from what we've sort of heard and from what has come out, Gary was the biggest voice in Matthew Downing's corner. Um, Gary's not there anymore. And Chandler Morris just established himself as let's say primary backup and, and potential candidate for a starting job. So I think Downing kind of realized, you know, the writing was on the wall and that uh, he, he'd probably be best served um, competing at another school. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, you know, he's a walk on at Georgia and he played a very unique role. Obviously his, his older brother is on staff at, at TCU. And so he played a very unique role. Um, but you know, he, and he's a gamer, he's just not physical tools. So, uh, you know, I, I imagine he could go somewhere FCS and play and have a fine, fine career. He obviously been around some programs at, at Georgia and at TCU. So, uh, wish to wish him the best of luck. That's not anything that's actually a, a, a blow, just, uh, I mean, even, you know, you start going third string. If I'm having to pull quarterbacks out of a hat, I'm probably tossing Sam Jackson in the game. Yeah, I'm tossing just to see what happens. Matt Downing in the game. Yeah, just as like a, hey, you know, what's yeah. the best you can do? Get out there and show me something. We don't know the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. So that happened. Uh, and then coaching front, I can't remember. I did, a, I did a long conversation with Ian Boyd today. He just written an article and I was like, all right, let's talk about Sonny Dykes, man. And so, dude, we went like 50 minutes on Twitter spaces this afternoon. It was awesome. But um, where, where are we on the coaching front? I can't even keep up anymore. TC's hiring Deion Sanders, right? That appears to be the rumor. Um, no, I, I think there's a top three that's kind of emerged. Um, you, you know, obviously Dykes was still, I think, the number one candidate. Uh, Billy Napier is on there. And then you have to argue about who's the third guy, right? Depending on who you ask. Some people say it's Deion Sanders. Some people say it's Matt Campbell. Um, a couple other names get thrown in there as well. And it's just, okay, we know it's either Dykes or Napier or someone else. We just don't know who the someone else is. It's not Matt Campbell. Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, that, I mean, there's a whole, you know, there's a bunch of uh, 100 follower anonymous Cyclone fan 69 accounts on Twitter that are like, he would never take that job. TC's not bad. And it's like, that's eh, probably at, at worst a lateral step. And But Matt Campbell is... Um, Matt Campbell is getting a makeover like two months before senior prom. Um, and he's just, you know, hey, my name's in the news. I'm an attractive candidate. People want me because he's going to get a big boy job and take a big boy job, whether that's at the NFL or whether that's, you know, uh, Notre Dame, Penn State, something like that. So, I I mean, I don't even think there is yeah. a third one. I, I, I don't even think there's a second one. I think as we see more interviews, we kind of understand how this is going. But that's just, I mean, 
nothing on my end in terms of information has changed about it being Sunny Dykes and they're just working out the details. Yeah, I, I would say that I agree with you. I don't I haven't heard anything that would lessen what how interested I think Dykes is in this job. I think um, I did have a source tell me that Kellen Moore met with, at least took a phone call. Um, Deion Sanders apparently might have been in the hospital when he took a phone call. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Um, okay, just add that further to evidence that Deion Sanders is a freaking nightmare and it's a pipe dream to want him at TCU. Well, pipe dream implies... A- Can we do this? Can we... I, Grant, cut this at your discretion. Is that okay? Sure. Um, you know, you know, we talked about this one time, like when our, when 2019, I remember this distinctly, TCU played UAPB. And the conversation you and I had before this was, don't be the drunk white idiot in the stands who goes up to UAPB fans and is like, hey man, I love your band. This band's awesome, dude. Like, don't be the, that person, right? We're dangerously close to that territory on aggregate with TCU fans and Deion Sanders being like, boy, it sure would be swell to have a person of color as our head coach. We'd be really swaggy. Like, don't do not do that. That attitude is just so dumb. Um, and it and it's completely misunderstands the situation. And it's uh, it, I mean, we're getting dangerously close to coded language there with like, yeah, that's, that's, it's just that's been kind of gross. Way to put it, is that we, we need to avoid like using all the coded language of like, well, Dion will bring a swagger to this program that it had. Okay. Like, stop doing that, okay? Who's yeah. who's a good football coach? You know, do kids still care who Deion Sanders is? I had this conversation with with Big Twelve, uh, the ex Big Twelve diehards group, and it's like they see him more as like a coach and a you know a personality than they do a football player. You know, it's kind of how yes. the kids that are in high school now remember Deion Sanders. Um, they weren't alive when he was playing. No, exactly. Yeah, they um, weren't born. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Evaluate Dion on how good of a head coach he is. We don't know how good of a head coach he is because he's only coached one season at Jackson State, and this is, I guess, his second season there, although his first season was COVID, so it was kind of hard to tell. Uh, the prime prep thing was a disaster. We can't overlook his affiliation with that. Just stop being weird about and using all yeah. this coded language about Dion. Just, he's, and, and can I just say something ex- explicit here? Yeah. Um, people are talking about, like, oh, all the sponsorships and everything. You know, Walmart built them a new field. Guys, Take, take the temperature of the culture. Walmart does not care about buying a new field for TCU. Like the investments that he gotten have been because he is trying to invigorate, reinvigorate HBCU football. And people are partnering with him because of that. That's not like, oh, Dion's great at getting corporate sponsors. That's like, no, he's doing something very specific, very well. And it's cool, but that's not like, that's not going to carry over to, to a, you know, religiously affiliated Christian school in the middle of Texas. Right. Exactly. Um, so Dyke still is your leader in the clubhouse there. Um, again, neither of us have heard anything that would necessarily disqualify that. Do you think there's any chance that another candidate comes in and kind of shakes things up at all? You know, I'm trying to remember because I almost texted you. I had a weird idea of someone that would quietly be really, really good. Um Oh, okay. Here's a curveball. This isn't, I'm not saying this person would be really good. I know TCU is not looking at a defensive coordinator, and I know that Vanderbilt is not TCU. Derek Mason. I, 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 mean, I let that sit there for a minute. Um, no, no. I'm just saying he's there, he's around. Sure, he's um, not a good head coach. He's not a bad. He's not a. I mean, it's Do Vanderbilt. Do I need to pull up Vanderbilt's record? No, I'm doing. I'm doing Vanderbilt year over year. We. You know what? This is great On the podcasting. Podcast. I think in March or maybe over the summer. I don't remember. I compared TCU to Vanderbilt, and you and Melissa yelled at me. And now, yeah, here because we are. that was stupid. Because I didn't think of it. I don't under. I don't know how you don't understand no, the rules. That's, that's, that's fair enough. No. Do okay, he went six and seven. He, dude. What year was that? He went to a bowl twice at Vanderbilt. What years were those? Uh, sixteen and eighteen. Okay, they lost to, to no, they barely beat UConn this year. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Okay, that, I'm just saying he's just a guy who's kind of around, and you, he's, you, you know, I'm Auburn's around. defense is pretty good. I'm around. You're not around like Derek Mason is around. You live in Bay City. Yeah, okay. Well, 
no, there's no need to. I'm being too mean. I'm going to dial that back. I'm sorry. That was that was two right in a row. That was confrontational. I apologize. No, I'm being. Derek Mason was just a thought. It was just a thought. Um, there was another. Uh, I was just thinking of like SEC coordinators, honestly. Yeah, Elko. That's where I'd I mean, go. Um, and what's his name that was there? He left. He had he had the good sense to leave. Um, Dan Mullen's staff, Brian. Um, oh, I know you're. Talking oh about man, he coaches for the Eagles now. Brian Jordan, Brian Johnson. Yeah. Um, Clemson's offensive coordinator's name has escaped me, but I've heard his name, Tony Elliott. I've heard his name floated around a lot. No, but here's the thing. I think I do it. I think Jeff Scott was deciding that offense. I think that yeah. he's not a guy for this. Yeah, I mean, it just it'd be an interesting call. Again, I, I still don't know why we don't give Venables a call, but that's um, I guess a pipe dream too. Uh, all he can do is say no, but. We're back. Sonny Dykes, again, likely to be the... I don't know why we just don't hit, hire Nick Saban. Look, Dykes isn't no, going to be the end of the world. I don't think it's a great it's hire. It's the but... same thing. Um, yeah. I know. Yeah. No, no, I know. I'm just being... Um, it's not It's not the end of the world. Honestly, like, if, if he comes in and coaches for three years and consolidates TCU recruiting and sets them up for the next cycle, that's great. Um, as long as... It, it, and maybe... I mean, I'm optimistic that Donati has... Um, this on his mind where he's like, Hey man, you should come and not have a year zero. It should be year one and you should be able to produce. And within year three, be back in the big 12 championship. Like that's doable. No, I think you're right. And especially with realignment, honestly, you might have to win. You might have to win the big 12 in year three for me to be like, yep, I'm excited about this. Yeah. And I, cause we need a position to be like, we're going to run the new big 12 because TCU absolutely should and could run, run the new big 12. Yeah, and I, I think you frame that well because, you know, there are coaches that I would like to see, you know, Chad Wells one, um, Napier another, where you, you'd be really revamping a lot of offensive styles, and that could take time to develop. Um, those guys also probably don't have quite the cachet that Dykes does if it comes to hiring, you know, defensive coordinators, things like that, um, or, or just personnel for, for the team. So you're looking at a bit of a longer rebuild there, the one that I think has a higher ceiling in the end. But if the time scale is three years, then Dykes is your man. Because I think you can kind of keep the most consistency and kind of hit the ground running the quickest um, with the shortest amount of turnaround before success. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with looking at it through that lens. And honestly, it helps me sleep a little bit better at night. So at least there's that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, we can only do the best with what we can do. And, and most of the hires that I like are probably, you know, swinging for the fences and a little too risky. So um, given that Donati is going to have to replace probably the third major sport coach um soon yeah i can understand him wanting a guy who could bring some stability so um grant i'm i'm bored with coaching talk is that okay is that fair that's to say? fine you want to talk about oklahoma state let's talk about actual football i know that's um a hot topic these days but uh can i tell yeah, you let's let's talk about actual football i went back Go and ahead. reread my notes for the oklahoma state preview we were pretty that's close what here for um go on Go for it, yeah. We, I mean, because we said, okay, look, they they don't have a, a definite wide out, and they didn't. Now, Tay Martin has kind of emerged as a guy who you can classify as a number one for sure, but none of the other wideouts have really separated themselves from the pack. I wouldn't say, um, you know, Chuber Hubbard. I'd probably say Brennan Presley, but we knew Brennan. We knew who we Brennan, knew Brennan Presley, Presley was. was. We were like, who's the other yeah, guy? But, but, yeah, right. Um, you know, LD Brown's fine at running back. Um, Spencer Sanders has. I, I had him at perfectly above average in the notes. That might be honestly a little generous. I think he's above average, maybe not perfectly above average. But we said that the defense is going to return a lot of guys that we like, and Jim Knowles is a good defensive quarterback. Uh, excuse me, coordinator. Um, the only thing I was wrong about was I didn't think the defense is going to be quite as stout. Parker, if anything, it might be a little bit better than it was last year. Yeah, which is weird because they lost a couple guys, um, and there were kind of thoughts about like, are they going to be able to replace? Uh, replace it, but I mean they've been they've been excellent on defense. They've been so frustrating on defense. Um, so let's let's do some first principles. We'll start overall, and then we'll do uh, we'll start with the defense because honestly, that's I think that's a lot better. Twenty um, second in EPA margin this season. Oklahoma State, uh, you know they they um, are, are a team that that is defensive heavy, and the offense has struggled. Of course, they you know Spencer Sanders was out uh, for a little bit, and they had to. Um, they had to fill in uh, 
they had to fill in for him with Shane Illingworth, which is just suboptimal. And so they, they've had some games that look really bad in retrospect, like uh, a touchdown win over Missouri State. They barely scraped by Tulsa. They they won on the road at Boise. Um, but then, I mean, they start Big 12 play and they win three straight games. I mean, they go uh, host Kansas State. They win by 11. Host Baylor. They win by 10. They go to Texas. They win by eight. Just really, really impressive. They get stuck at Iowa State in a game that they probably should have won. Um, and then blow out Kansas. They blow out West Virginia. They really feel like they've turned a corner. But again, you look at some of those stats and some of the, the commentary about you know uh, them looking better. And West Virginia is not a great team. Kansas, obviously not a great team. So it's interesting to see what they could be. Their their defense has given up, you know, six points in the last two games, but they, um, you know, the, the strength schedule in those two is kind of yeah, rough. It's... They honestly had a really great schedule timing wise mm-hmm. because they got Kansas State early, um, and then they get you know TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma late. So I I think that works out in, in West Virginia late. I, it's really yeah. balanced and nice there. Uh, yeah, um, they got and they are they got Kansas oh, yeah. State, Baylor, and Texas all when they were like ranked. You want to be like Baylor still ranked, obviously, yeah. but Kansas State and Texas like oh those are good wins when they won them, um, and that helped them kind of jump up the rankings a little bit. Um, absolutely, yeah. So they're seventy seventh on offense, um, seventh on defense. Let's let's start with the defense if that's okay with you. Eleventh um, in EPA per pass, fifth in EPA per rush. Third in echo rate, Grant. So quality possessions only 31.3% of the time. And then they're only allowing 3.6 points per quality possession. That is, um, that's absolutely lights out. They're 25th in early downs EPA and they're third in third and fourth down success. So, I mean, top to bottom, not a lot of flaws to exploit on this Oklahoma State defense. No, and listen, you are talking to the founding member of the Malcolm Rodriguez Hive. Um, I think he's been an outstanding linebacker for Oklahoma State for three years now. Um, I bring him up every time I talk about the Oklahoma state defense, but he's been just as good as advertised. Um, you know, he leads the team in tackles. Um, he, he gets, he gets to the quarterback. He doesn't have a sack this year, but he's had 18 total pressures. Um, he's, he's just a force man. And he kind of anchors that defense. And then you look at, you know, they have cornerbacks that, that get the job done. Um, you know, Christian Holmes, uh, Colby Harbaugh appeal over at safety. Um, and just a lot of guys that are solid, um, Rodriguez is like the most solid, like, okay, prototypical college linebacker that there is. And then they built guys around him that can kind of complement him. Um, and it's, it's just a really fundamentally good defense. It is um, a testament to Jim Knowles, how consistent they are across the defensive 11. Um, you know, we're, again, we're big Jim Knowles fans, mostly because Jim Knowles throws out a scheme when it doesn't work, which I respect very much. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I mean, some of these guys are just absolutely insane. Um, I mean, you look at their edge rushing trio that they have right now. There are four guys, Grant, that have twenty or more pressures, and like Malcolm has eighteen. But there are four guys that have twenty or more pressures. Colin Oliver uh, is really good, and then the three that have played kind of the most: Devin Harper at linebacker, pretty versatile. He has two hundred fifty-eight coverage snaps, but also. Um, you know, 49 pass rushes. So 23 of Devin Harper's pass rushes, uh, 49 pass rushes have been um, pressures, which is just like insane. And then Brock Martin, Tyler Lacey, uh, just both excellent, really, really hard to deal with. Brock Martin, high school wrestler, college wrestler, got pulled from the wrestling team to come play football. He is an absolute badass. Um, they are 26 and 25 pressures between the two of them. Uh, just absolute menaces. And they have so many of them. And, you know, Rodriguez with 18. They have five guys that at any point in time can get to the quarterback, which makes me very nervous, even though TC's offensive line played okay last week. Yeah, Parker, all those guys can wreak havoc on TCU's offensive line. Um, but then you go into coverage and it's okay, even if you do manage to stay in the pocket um, or, you know, get a throw off, they don't necessarily have a player that you can target in coverage. Um, there's not one specific weak link on the defense to where, all right, well, listen, if we can get QJ matched up with this guy, he's got a high chance of success. They're all just solid across the board. Um, Jer- uh, Jarek Bernard Converse, uh, Tanner McAllister are your two main starting cornerbacks. Christian Holmes will also play in that role as well. Um, I mentioned Colby Harville Peel at safety and Jason Taylor. The second is also back there. Um, they all just do a, a, a really good job. 
I forgot about Peel. Why do I love so many guys on the Oklahoma State defense, man? They're just yeah, solid. <laughs> they are. I, I, and I think you and I are both struggling to say, okay, well, there's not like, you know, you, you, against Baylor, it's, okay, where is Jalen Petrie on the field, right? But against Oklahoma State, it's you got 11 guys you got to be at least a little aware of because um, they can all make plays. <laughs> yeah. Against Oklahoma State, it's don't don't slip up at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at that, like if you look at their schedule, um, they they just don't give up points very often, um, and and that is um, again TC's offense is is one of the better offenses that they faced, even accounting for their West Virginia and Kansas State games being so bad. But they, you know, TCU has excellent skill talent as as good as anybody, you know. Um, definitely deeper than Texas, probably a higher ceiling than Baylor. Anybody besides Oklahoma, I think TCU has as good as, if not better, skill talent top to bottom. Uh, granted, we got, you know, TCU's got some running backs out, but, um, I don't think anyone, TCU might be the best EPA per pass offense in the Big 12. They're ninth. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's absurd. It, yeah. It's, it also doesn't seem like it should make sense. Although after last week, it, seems like we should probably be number one or two in the country. Um, but the thing about Oklahoma State, and you mentioned the fact that they don't allow a ton of points. They, they don't. The most they've allowed all season is 24, but they also don't score a ton. And I don't mean to transition us out of the defense if there's anything else you wanted to talk about. But, I mean, Parker, they've only scored more than 30 points three times. Two of those were 31 and 32. The other one was Kansas. Um, so, yeah, all these games are, you know, good wins for Oklahoma State, but they're also close. They play a lot of – Games where, listen, you know, you mentioned earlier, they probably should have beat Iowa State. Well, you play a lot of close games, you're going to lose a couple that you probably shouldn't lose. And Oklahoma State continues to find themselves in these games where it's like, that gum, I'd like it if we could pull away. Again, except for Kansas and to a lesser extent, West Virginia. Yeah, well, you know, like the Texas game, they just fell behind in the first half for no apparent reason and had to come back. And then Iowa State, I think they also um, fell behind and then had to come back, which is, yeah, they were down 14-7. Uh, no, they were up 14-7 and got outscored 17-7 in the second quarter. So that's interesting. Maybe if we prepared for this podcast like adults, <laughs> we would have focused more on the Iowa State game. But No, it's, it, it, um, you know what I mean, though, right? It's just you, you get stuck in close yeah. games, weird things happen. Well, and I think that their reputation has been really, really under um, – really, really low just because they did struggle early because I, I don't think people realize they had like serious COVID issues at the beginning oh, yeah. of season two and they were not playing a full roster at, at all. So um, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about this offense for a little bit. Um, so they are uh, 77th overall. Of course, that's better uh, in EPA per play. That's better recently. Um, 49th in EPA per pass, 84th in EPA per rush. Grant, two stats that really stick out to me. Honestly, three. I'll put these three together. 22nd in starting field position. That's an artifact of decent special teams and a really good defense, right? Mm -hmm. But only 67th in quality possession rate. They're only getting a quality possession 50% of the time. And then only 3.82 points per quality possession. So when they get across the 40, they are not scoring touchdowns. They're they're mostly kicking field goals. Um, And uh, something else I noticed about them is their early down ZPA is their 66th. In third and fourth down success, they're 65th. So they're really balanced. They're not particularly bad at one or the other, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, sometimes some bad teams have some asymmetry and they get propped up by third downs. They they seem to be pretty consistent down to down, although they've looked a lot better, of course, playing worse competition the last two two weeks. Sure, yeah. And I think a lot of that comes to, we talked about it earlier, you know, I'll give Mike Gundy credit. There are times when I think he realizes his offense doesn't have it, and they can kind of get by being a defensive team. We also we talked about Jim Knowles being willing to throw away a strategy that he doesn't like. Um, I'm sure Gundy has had to carry his team with this offensive game planning for the last decade. It might also be nice for him to take a step back and let the defense carry things. That was not an intentional shout-out to Gary Patterson, but it was anyway. Um, Hilarious. Yeah, but... Um, but uh, well, I, and, say, and I think Casey Dunn is growing up. Yes, that too. He is. And and he's able to win games more craftily than, hey, uh, Tyler Wallace is open, so we're going to throw it to him. Um, Which or, is not a bad game plan. I'm no, saying. it's not. I would do it. No. If, I, yeah. Hubbard, if I could throw the ball to Tyler Wallace every play, I would, I would, I would probably do, do that. Or Chuba Hubbard's going to break off two 70-yard runs a game, so we'll just keep handing it off to him until eventually it happens. 
Um, yeah. If it takes 40 carries a game. So they're willing to adapt, and I think they're getting cagier. Um, but the thing is, Sanders, I mean, what, 13 touchdowns to six interceptions? is uh, He's averaging, I think, um, less than eight yards per attempt. Uh, just not what you expected when you came to Stillwater uh, as a freshman. No, no, and 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 again, he's been hurt in and out. But again, uh, really, really not a lot of downfield threat on the season to speak of. Obviously, that's changed against Kansas and and against West Virginia. They're able to do it, but uh, you know, only nine percent of his balls have been twenty plus yards downfield. He's only completing forty five percent of those. Um, and even on medium balls, you know, 10 to 19 yards downfield, 62.5% completion. Uh, he has six turnover-worthy plays on attempts 10, uh, 10 or further yards downfield. So definitely um, some opportunities to exploit his decision-making downfield. Uh, he's pressured on 32% of his dropbacks and only completes 357 uh, percent of those. And so I think that's really, really key is can TCU generate consistent pressure? And so not to pivot away from that and talk about um, only talk about TCU. But w- one thing I noticed about TCU's defense last week, Grant, <clears throat> and, and maybe I should have talked about this on the offensive side, too, is if you look at their defensive snaps, only like four guys really, really played uh, along the line. Right. Yeah. So you had Terrell Cooper had uh, 44 snaps. Bethley had 43. Uh, Horton had 37. And uh, and then the other position was um, O'Shawn Mathis had 46, right? And so you had four guys for the first time all season, four defensive linemen play the entire game. Yep. And I think that was huge in terms of knowing your assignment, ebbing and flowing with the game, kind of saying, you're our guy. We're going to do this. We're not running... Sonny Misi out there and potentially having a, a broken play. Sure. Um, and, and so I don't, I don't know if that was Chad Glasgow. I don't know if that was, those guys are all finally healthy or what, but the fact that TCU had a clear four and not a rotation along the defensive line speaks to, you know, maybe they'll be able to get some pressure here. Um, the other thing I think is interesting uh, in terms of pressure. One, TCU brought Nook Bradford uh, a lot yep. uh, as, as kind of a, um, as kind of a, a blitzer there. And he only had one official pressure, but he was, he was pretty happy. He, you know, he induced some havoc and, and met some people at the line. The other thing, I wonder if, you know, TCU doesn't reward Shad Banks um, and let him play a little bit more. He's a little heftier. Could he be disruptive as that fifth rusher, maybe even inside like an a gap blitz or something just to throw a, a look that Oklahoma state hasn't seen from TCU recently with kind of personnel that doesn't typically match. So I'm interested to see what they could do. I mean, Oshan Mathis has been dropping into coverage some. Yeah. Could we two man ball with, with Shad Banks and with Oshan? Um, maybe. That's what I was thinking. And you mentioned, uh, I was surprised by how much of a, a thick boy Shad Banks was, uh, when we saw him play more than he dude, has. Well, and that was the knock. Every, every Aggie on Twitter was like, have fun with him. He's fat or whatever. Dude, he would kick my ass. I mean, oh my I, anybody kick my ass. I'm very weak. But he, he did a back handspring and a backflip. Yeah. He did. Excuse me. Sorry. My sister was a state champion gymnast. He did a round off, round, round. Ah. <laughs> he did a round off back handspring back tuck on turf in pads weighing like 250 pounds. Yeah. That's insane it's athleticism. Insane. So you match him up with, I mean, Oshan's a little bit thicker, I think, but you you match those two guys up, switch them in and out, and then kind of just let them play. All right, who's going to rush this time? Who's going to drop back into coverage? I'm fine having them on the field at the same time. I'm fa- I'm fine having Banks switch out with Oshan at the same time. Get creative. Um, but I, I agree. As long as they have that sort of base uh, of four guys, then, then they can tinker with it as the game goes on to give uh, Sanders something he hasn't seen before. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Um, in in terms of um, in terms of coverage, especially in the in the you know in the Baylor game, again, I, I believe and know in my heart that Trevis Hodges Tomlinson is good. I know that he's getting left on an island, um, but he gave up 16 yards per reception on on four targets. Like they they went after him and were rewarded. Um, the secondary is is bad, and the one two punch of Brennan Presley and Tay Martin makes me very nervous about kind of an over-under game for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I will say that I think the one advantage or the one sort of uh, fault in the Oklahoma State passing game is 
a, a pretty sizable drop percentage. Uh, Parker Tay Martin drops 12.2% of his balls. Brennan Presley, 14.7. And uh, uh, Rashad Owens, who's their third leading receiver, uh, drops 15.8%. Um, also, Not none good. of these guys are particularly going downfield. I mean, again, we talked about it earlier with Sanders, but Martin's ADOT's 13.8. Presley's 8.2. Um, I mean, he's a slot receiver, so that makes sense. And then Owens is 12.5. I agree there may be potential for a sort of over-under passing attack, but Oklahoma State almost doesn't seem like they care that much about the over. Um, Martin's longest reception this year is 36 yards. That's not long. Yeah, so that, that I was going to the longs, and then I was going to Brennan Presley, only 6.8 yards after the catch, and Tay Martin, 2.5. Yeah. So neither, I mean, 6.8 is not awful, but neither of those guys are like, hey, get the, you know, they're not, um, what's his name? Short, short buff guy from Purdue, Rondale Moore. Right. They're not like Rondale Moore, you know, to, where, where it's like, hey, they're catching the ball and then they're breaking off a big run. Um, and, and then they're not, you know, uh, Tay Martin's not Quentin Johnston where he has a huge yards after catch and a long A dot. Like they're just getting the ball to him downfield. So if you can kind of snuff that out and just make sure that those passes don't turn into long runs, um, big, big plays, maybe you can make them, you know, have to avoid making mistakes over long drives, which is, I think, in TC's best interest, showing what, you know, what they did against Baylor last week was like, immediately after a big play, Baylor made a big mistake. So if TCU could force Oklahoma State's offense into doing that, I think obviously Oklahoma State's uh, defense is way better than Baylor's, but their offense is probably not much better if, if, I don't think it is better at all. Yeah. I would take Baylor's offense over Oklahoma State's right now. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and some of that has to do with Oklahoma State is really consistent along the offensive line. They've had, like I said, five consistent starters. Um, the other thing too is that they have a dependable running game. It's not outstanding, but it's dependable. Jalen Warren um, has really taken the lead back role, uh, and you know he's he's. Four point nine yards per attempt. That's not going to win you the Heisman, but it's also not going to you know lose you a whole lot of games. Um, he's got seven touchdowns, three point one nine yards after contact. So, you know, he's not going down immediately. It's just it's fine. It's a very fine offense, and it's a fine running game. It it's enough. It's, it's enough. what TCU has wanted out of an offense for the last four yeah, years. They like, have an excellent defense. Wanted enough of an it's, offense. It's not an exciting <laughs> offense. It's not really explosive. <laughs> But it, it, it scores you 24 points a game or whatever. And TCU, imagine how nice that would have been for TCU in the last, like, three years. To just, hey, I can get you a guaranteed 24, and we'll see where we go from there. I mean, and, and like yeah, I said, must, Gundy, must be nice. It, it must be nice for Gundy to be like, dude, okay, fine, you win games for us now. Yeah. You know? I mean. Yeah. Get me a short field and make it easier on me. Right. Absolutely. Like that's that's worked out really, really well for them. Um okay, anything else on Oklahoma State's offense uh or their defense that you have? I'm looking at my stats just to see if there's anything else that stood out at me. No, I mean you're looking at a lot of zone run. Um Sanders is not the most fleet of foot. He's averaging three point four yards per attempt. Um what else? Yeah, it's definitely just a um, – it's not an uninspiring offense. It's just not like a very clever offense, which is good. Like take what's there and whatever. Like, sure. Um, Lunt, Lunt was posting some clips and it's like, yeah, Sanders is making reads, but he's basically always ending up at the last read close to the – you know, close right. to the uh, line of scrimmage. So, um, yeah, okay. Well, then let's let's do some – let's do some best case, worst case. Um, before we do that, let's hear from some listeners. Um and make fun of them. Uh, send me your Oklahoma State TCU predictions so Grant and I can roast them on the podcast. Was the tweet um, Grant? Let's uh, let's look at some of these. So Preston Pack, my colleague at uh, Football Outsiders, he writes the um, he writes the Seventh Day Adventure column on Fridays. It's like a preview weekly. Um, he has said. Uh, He's an Oklahoma State fan. He said, Oklahoma State somehow committed four-plus turnovers in a TCU loss twice in the last four seasons, and I fully expect it to happen again this week. 2017 Frogs is his prediction. They should open up with the uh, wide receiver pass that they tried in uh, 2019. Oh, my find gosh. That enjoyable. Um, Mason Shireen, fresh off a Purple Theory podcast appearance, predicts TCU 69, Oklahoma State 3. Thank you, Mason. We appreciate your contribution to the program as always. I- 
doubt it. But we'll see. Um, let's see. Tom, Surgery yeah. dude says 35-28 Oklahoma State. Honestly, that feels a little close. Yeah, that would be that would be a that would be a, a, an anxiety-inducing game. He says five heart attacks at Hideaway Pizza, which I presume is some restaurant in Stillwater. I looked it up. It's a regional chain, but the first one was in Stillwater. It looks pretty good. Well, when you live in Oklahoma, you know sometimes chains are the best that you've uh, the best that. Hey, you've let me tell you something. The Applebee's in Stillwater. Is top. I don't know if they have an Applebee's or not. Um, we, can I tell you? They're a great uh, place to eat in Stillwater. No We're not actually being serious here. <laughs> We, we had dinner with my great uncle and my cousin uh, in Oklahoma City, and my great uncle's favorite restaurant in Oklahoma City is Red Lobster. So we went to Red Lobster. Hey, man. I, good shrimp. I'm not going to argue. You know what they say about Oklahoma shrimp? I don't know. Do you know this? I don't really mess with seafood if I can't see where it came from. It's kind of oh, my deal. Well. It's like we went to Maine. I'll eat all the seafood. But like we went to Fort Worth. It's like, man, I could probably eat salmon. That's like on a farm. But I don't know about oh. – I'm not going to eat – I'm going to eat a lobster at – Hey man, that that, uh, that Red River uh, sea bass is is really something else. You got to give it a try. Um, what else do we have? Uh, Horn Frog eighty six. Frogs win thirty three thirty. Evans plays and a mullet gets shaved. Do you, is Gunny doing a I'll shave when we lose thing? Because he he would have had to shave it against Iowa State. I don't know. They already lost. Yeah. I don't know. Hi, who knows? I know he shaved it and then was growing it back. But yeah, who knows? Um. Nathan Carroll says Oklahoma State wins 31-14. TCU offense regresses against a good Oklahoma State defense, and TCU defense struggles to stop the run game. I mean, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, Tommy, TRF51, he interacts a bunch, loyal listener. Uh, 42-28, TCU beats Oklahoma State. That was That is a lot of faith in Chandler Morris, man. Uh, man That's I, a lot of faith. I like a lot of, about what Chandler Morris does. I don't know if I like him 42 points worth. Uh, kind of similar, Dalton Serber, at Dalton Serber. TCU scores 30 and still loses by three. Most points scored against Oklahoma State defense up to this point, and Chandler Morris, or excuse me, Chandler Morris plays well again. Um, I could I could see that, honestly. What, 33-30? Yeah. yeah. I mean, TCU's offense has been very good. They've scored yeah. 30 many times this season. Yeah. Um, McWalt is getting canceled for this tweet. I'm going to read it just because I like him. But his tweet says, TCU's 2022 offensive coordinator watches his son lead the Frogs to a maddening what could have been victory. Every, everything and I hate about that sentence. So <laughs> much about worst. that. Uh, Luke Stevenson. That's impressive. Luke, yeah. Luke Stevenson, uh, our Luke underscore 406 Oklahoma State 31 to 13 yeah I mean it's not fun but it's plausible uh coach Scotty D Oklahoma State 31 24 Pappy at the show 34 says bet the over what is the over you run you run a gambling Um, podcast I don't run I don't run anything uh I don't don't know I would not bet I would bet the overs probably somewhere around there's no way that Oklahoma State. Wait, can you give me a second? Let's just go. I have it pulled up. No, but I'm saying let's look at Oklahoma State and overs this season. Oh, I guarantee yeah. they haven't hit ever. Over under, uh, hitting the over. Oklahoma State. Well, they probably hit it against. Oklahoma Kansas. State has hit the over on 25% of games. 75% have been under. So, no. Okay. Bet the under. The uh, for the record, it's fifty four and a half. That's um, that's that's thirty to twenty four loses. Yeah, if you bet the over. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I think we're right. going under here. Absolutely, I think you're right. Um, Oklahoma State at thirteen and a half. My number has it at, at thirty at thirty one twenty. So that's that's yeah, fifty one. So yeah. I'm saying under. Yeah. All right. Well, well, Parker, what's your what's your? Let's start with worst case. What's your worst case scenario for this game? My worst case scenario is something similar to the West Virginia game last week. Um, they, you know, TCU, it, and, and it's similar. So it's weird because TCU's worst case scenario is Oklahoma State does to TCU what they did to West Virginia, which is also what West Virginia did to TCU, Correct. but on a worse scale. So just frustrating at every turn. Um, and, and TCU makes a couple key key mistakes and they can't, can't get points at all. They kick field goals again against Baylor. TCU kicked field goals a bunch, um, and 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 Baylor also kicked field goals, which is why again TCU won because the defense played really great. But uh, I I really think that one, if you look at what happened last week, Baylor had a 
game plan for TCU that was pretty sharp, and they just got outplayed. They just got beat. It wasn't, you know, I was talking to Shehan today, and and a couple other people were chiming in, and it's not like Baylor got fooled um, last week. They, they kind of knew what was coming, and they uh, – yeah, and they just got beat. And so I think Oklahoma State can execute better than Baylor, and I think that they have a game plan that, that will kind of know what's coming just because they have a little bit more um, film. And so, uh, I mean, I don't know that Oklahoma State's offense can score very much. I think if they run a ton, they could probably score 30 and hold TCU to like 10. Mm. And so I think the worst-case scenario here is like 33-10 Oklahoma State, which is pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that would be very embarrassing. The And I like 33 too because you mentioned earlier Oklahoma State does not convert well, even with short fields. Um, what is it? Three, they're going to kick eleven field goals, gonna, right? Exactly. So that it's it's we're going to be in the worst case scenario here. It's going to be very frustrating because TCU is going to stop the Cowboys from reaching the end zone, but they're just not going to be able to do it on their own end. And I think this could turn into a field goal battle minus a couple of successful Oklahoma State drives, and so you get a score like um, I'm trying to think of something weird, but uh, thirty-four to sixteen. Where you know each yeah. each team kicks three field goals, but Oklahoma State just gets a couple more a couple more touchdowns, um, and we're like, dude, I I never want to see that score line ever ever again. Yeah, I'm trying to look at. I feel like there's been a weird score recently. Um, 2016, Oklahoma State won 31 to six. That's kind of weird. Do I remember that game? Oh, I went to Ooh, 1992. This one's spicy. 1992, Oklahoma State loses in Fort Worth 11 to 13. An 11er. An 11er. That's very I fun. I don't want another 11er. Um, okay, let's let's be positive here. What What's your best case scenario? Uh, TCU, uh, the TCU's offensive line drank Mike's special stuff, and they can actually win five on four protection some of the time. TCU has a healthy and mobile quarterback. Um, and, and TCU is, uh, actually still committed to running plays to maximize their quarterback strength, which they have not been until last week. Um, and I think that TCU could very easily score in the high twenties here. Meanwhile, if TCU's defense is as flexible and simple as it was last week, they can be thoroughly disruptive. I think they could hold Oklahoma state to under 20. So I think TCU's best case scenario is 28. 19, 28, 20, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I was thinking something along the lines of 27, 17, um, where, you know, three touchdowns, two field goals, and then you stop Oklahoma State to a touchdown, or to two touchdowns and a field goal. And uh, just, I feel like it'd be a, a game where there's not that many possessions, right, if TCU wins, where, hey, they can string together sort of the short passes over the middle with Morris um, and, and kind of keep Oklahoma State to long, drawn-out drives that ultimately are fruitless. Um, I think that's that's kind of the game plan there. You don't want to give them a whole bunch of chances because um, I do think they are simple enough on offense to where eventually all those fundamentals will line, will, will, will line up and they'll get you. Um, and again, I'm not still not sold in the back half of TCU's uh, defense. So the fewer times we have to deal with Oklahoma State on offense, it's the better. Yeah, I mean, the sobering reality is that one game – with highly specialized circumstances does not outweigh an entire, uh, an entire season of being absolute ass. Yeah. That's, that's one way to put it. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's do predictions. What do you okay. think? Uh, let's see. I, I don't think TCU wins, but I do think TCU covers. Give yeah. me Oklahoma state. One, uh, Oklahoma state 31 TCU. 24. 31-24 is what you yeah. said? 31-24. Okay, I'm just going straight with my model because last week I freaking nailed it yeah. for TCU Baylor. And so I'm trying to trust my model a little bit more. Uh, Oklahoma 31, TCU 20 is, yeah. is my prediction. That's a TCU cover at 13 and a half. That's maybe it's close at the half. And then, you know, TCU just can't do much after halftime adjustments or, or whatever there. Um it would be so nice to be wrong. I love being wrong, Grant. Yes. If there's one thing I know about you, Parker, it's that you love to be wrong. I'm I'm the best at being wrong. Uh, it, let's yes, let's you, run you around love, the Big Twelve. You love rejecting priors, and uh, 
and making changes on the fly. Um, okay, let's see. Let's run around the Big 12. Do you want to do you, – you had a little game. Do you want to do that first or do you want to preview this week? Let's preview this week. In okay. the end, we'll just do speed round, bowl or no bowl. Okay. I think will be a fun little game. I'm totally stealing that from Bud Elliott, but, uh, you know, you put it on Twitter or whatever. It's an homage. Um, it's an homage. All right, so the first game is West Virginia – uh, Kansas State, Kansas State minus six. That's in Manhattan. Who are you taking there? Anyone who watches this game that's not a fan of these two teams should be put on some sort of watch list. But <laughs> I'll take Kansas State. I think Kansas State by touchdown. Uh, yeah, I did that. That's actually one of my official plays on the Bet US podcast this week. I think Kansas State's just going to roll them. Uh, so Kansas State minus six for sure. Uh, the second game that we have here uh, was TCU. Uh, Kansas at Texas. Texas is favored by 30 and a half points. Kansas in the points, baby. Think so? Think so. Texas is in turmoil. They, Texas they is going to win, but Kansas in the points. Did you? We talked about that video offline about the, the coach screaming at uh, the Texas bus, right? We actually, I don't know that I've discussed it. I haven't actually, I didn't actually watch the video. I just kind of uh, got the gist. Yeah, it's not. I There's mean, a, he uses some profanity and he's like, you know, do you really want to F and B here? If not, F and transfer, whatever. Um, it's The reason I ask is, have you ever seen the, the Augie Garrido rant? The old Texas baseball Yes. Coach? It's one of yeah. my favorite pieces of content of all time, but. This isn't about some game. It's pretty good. This is about our lives. Uh, anyway, it's pretty it, good. It's the best. Um, I think Texas is also in turmoil, but I still could have take Texas because Kansas is a very bad football team. Yeah, and and of course Texas will get the moral victory because they'll beat Kansas by more than Oklahoma did. Exactly. So you got to take your wins. That's what it's all about. Um, about that video, I will say we're just kind of going all over the place. I I, I don't care so much about the substance of the video or the fact that he yelled profanities. All that that says to me is that like someone who has a clear vision and knows what he wants doesn't behave like that. Well, it wasn't Sark. That's no, no, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, it's, it, it was Bo or whatever his name is. Yeah. He's, he's still a coach. He's still in charge. Sure, I'm sure, saying sure. if you feel secure about yourself and you're like, I'm an adult, I'm in charge, I'm going to handle things and, and we're going to go in the right direction. I just don't feel like you'd fly off the handle like that. Um, and I think it's also more troubling that it gets leaked. Yeah, well, in this day and age, too, man, you can't do. Yeah, no, you just gotta I, I know, be careful. but, but you got to I mean, assume you're being filmed twenty four seven to somebody like that. Sure, but, but like the Augie Garrido rant, like he knew he was being filmed because it was caught. It was like part of a documentary, I think. Yeah, uh, but like, but this is a you know that's a sign where okay, I'm sure coaches have said a lot of things to players in practice, and unless it gets abusive, there's got to be some sort of hey, like what happens on a bus stays on the bus, you know, whatever. But 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 leaking that out. Um, the way it got leaked is not necessarily a good sign for the Texas football program, I don't think. No, no, that's just all all bad generally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Oklahoma travels to Waco. They are favored by five and a half on the road. Yeah, I like Oklahoma here. I think uh, I think Williams is turning them around, um, and I think Baylor might be a little caught – might have been caught flat-footed by TCU last week, and I, I'm not necessarily sure they can continue to kind of play the same – uh, stoic style they've been playing and keep up with Oklahoma. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I have this as Baylor covering with the model, and that's because Oklahoma State, Oklahoma's past events has been really, really bad. They get a couple guys back, and of course, Baylor is clearly susceptible to a mobile quarterback and one-on-one matchups um, on the outside. So I think that Oklahoma could just go in and blow the doors off. I will take Baylor and the points, though, just because I'm, I'm trying to trust the model, man. Sure, I understand. Uh, is is McGuire coaching Texas Tech Iowa State? There's no way, right? No, no. Okay, Cumbie's the interim. Cumbie's yeah. the interim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I know he he's already in Lubbock and shouting like Steve Ballmer at a Microsoft convention at the press conference, <laughs> and just I, I I assumed he would hop into gear and and try to take over immediately, but um. Yeah, that doesn't go. Remember, Sonny Dykes coached the uh, like the the first SMU bowl game, and they just absolutely got freaking rolled. Yes, like, I do. Morris Morris left, and Dykes took over, and they just got rolled. It's like there's just no winning there. There's no, that's just not good. No, um, um, especially to move program. Like if you're the interim, sure, but yeah. moving programs not great. No, you're right. Uh, I'm smashing Iowa State minus ten and a half. Me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Tech is just tech sucks, dude. It's it's in Lubbock, but I don't really care. 
Um, yeah, I think that's that's all of our Big 12 games. Yes, There's no night is. game. That's weird. Yeah, well, yeah that seems very weird. weird. The night game. Oh, interesting. 7 p.m. kickoff. I'm smoking. Who? I'm, I'm giving a pork shoulder another chance for smoking it all day and then eating it for the game. Nice. I was actually going to try um, a little recipe that was going to do uh, a coffee rub on some brisket. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, we got dad's... a little. I got the sous vide out of the storage unit. We got yeah. a little smoker at the place for stay. Like, not a smoker, just like a grill, you know. Yeah. And so I was going to go do like natural wood charcoal and a little coffee rub, and it smokes something on Saturday. So I like it. My dad's made coffee rub. We'll have to post pictures. Before. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, yeah. Okay. Do you want to do bowl or no bowl? Yeah, let's do that. Um, okay. So uh, basically, just I'm going to read you the record and their remaining teams uh, opponents, and you just tell me are they going to a bowl or are they not going to bowl. Okay. Um, Oklahoma is six and zero, oh, so yes, yes. Oklahoma is going to the bowl. Uh, Oklahoma State has TCU, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma left. They are f- uh, oh no, they're eight and one. Eight I was one, reading so um, conference records. Sorry, yeah. they're going to a bowl. So Baylor going to a bowl. Iowa State bowl. Kansas State bowl. Here it gets interesting. All right, Texas is four and five. Texas has left on their schedule. Kansas, West Virginia, Kansas State. Are they winning two out of three? Uh, is Texas going to a bowl? Texas is four and five. Dude, that's suck. They've lost four straight, Grant. Four oh, straight. That's hilarious. Um, yes, Texas is going to a bowl at six and six. Yeah, I think that's probably likely. I think I think I agree. Just West Virginia showed signs of life, but I just don't believe it, man. Yeah, I think. So. Um, I think six and six. Oh, this one's so spicy. Texas Tech five and four. They have Iowa State. Oklahoma State and Baylor left. Is Texas Tech no, going to a bowl? No, they they no Texas they fired Matt Wells one game to her. Although that schedule is tough. You close Dude, that the year sucks. with Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. In Kansas State, right before Oklahoma State, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, just that's, rough, rough down the stretch not there. Good. Not good at all. I cannot believe they beat Houston. That's we're going to look back on that, and that and Western Michigan beating Pitt are going to be yep. two of the what the helliest. Yeah. Uh, losses this season. Absolutely no sense. Um, okay, West Virginia, four and five. Are they going to a bowl? They have Kansas State at Kansas State. They have Texas and they have Kansas. So this basically comes down to, can they beat one of Kansas State and or Texas? Right, and I already picked them to lose to Kansas State and to Texas. I don't think they're going to a bowl. No, I don't either. That's five and seven if they beat Kansas, yeah. So does Neil Brown... When I was on the uh, no. Voice of Morgantown podcast, they said he'd get another year. I think he still gets another yeah. year, but it's not it's not good. They, I mean, they should have beaten Tech. That's super yeah, embarrassing. That 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 game is is disgusting when you look at it in retrospect. Uh, Grant TCU <laughs> is four and five. Yeah, they are. Um, they have at Oklahoma State. They have Kansas. They have at Iowa State. Can they beat somebody on the road, Grant? That's the question. Can TCU win a road game? TCU has won one road game this season. It was at Texas Tech. They've lost at Oklahoma, at Kansas State. Two road games in Kansas. Can they win two of those road, one of those road games? Um, yeah. Yeah. TCU's going to a bowl. Come on. Join TCU's me, brother. going to a bowl. Would be absolutely crazy. I, uh, yeah. First Responders Bowl champion, and, and, Jerry Kill. Wait, hold on. No, no, no. Dykes can coach the bowl game again. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and then Kansas is 1-8. and eight. So will Kansas win another game? Kansas yeah. has Tex- at Texas, at TCU, and then West Virginia. Well, I, sure, I hope the hell they don't beat TCU. Uh, it'd be very funny if they beat Texas. Like, it's not going to happen. I, think, I know it's the meme. No. It'd be very funny if it happened. I don't care about being mean. I think it'd be very funny. Uh, so Kansas not going to bowl. Okay, so looking back, we said – did we say everyone's going to bowl? No, we said no. Texas Tech's not, West Virginia's not. Yeah. But Texas, TCU are. Yeah, so that's seven bowl teams from the Big 12 and what might be its last year of existence. Pretty great. Pretty great. Man, that's a whole offseason thing to do that. Yeah, I know. Um, um, we'll, Want to look at a couple national games? Let's see. Um yeah, it's kind of looking at the big ones. Uh, Michigan, Michigan, Penn State, straight up. Who are you taking? Oh, man. I'm very tempted to say Penn State. I went Penn State as an official pick on BetUS yeah, today. I'll, I'll join you. 
Um, God, Purdue at Ohio State, Parker. Tell Dude, me they some can of these do games it. Are ass. I knew you were going to ask. About Tell that. me they can do it. No, they, not this week. I've, I've called it the last two times, Grant. I've called it the last two times. They're not doing it this week. Okay. Not doing it. Okay. A and M will miss. Um. I think AM, dude. I have this close with the model, but dude, Ole Miss is so depleted on defense. Um, and then their it's wide model. receiver core is pretty hollow. They're yeah. they're stumbling to the end here. Yeah, I know. Uh yeah, that's at Ole Miss. Um, that's gonna be a fun game. NC State Wake Forest, way under the radar. Yeah. High quality game. Maybe for the fate of the ACC right there. Um I think that I think that I'm leaning towards uh towards Wake. I am too. Um, and also, but I over. like what NC State can do. Yeah, the oh, dude, every Wake Forest game bet the over. Yeah, I, I like Wake. I mean, two point favorite. I'm fine with that. I take them there. By the way, Parker. Uh, 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 no, go ahead if you have any more thoughts on that game. I was just gonna say there was a week. There's a weeknight game. It was Pitt UNC tomorrow night. Yes. So, um, somehow can Pitt's, UNC ruin somebody's season Pitt's again? Pitt's the ranked team there. Imagine that before yeah. the beginning of the year. Um, no, but the over 73 and a half, which is very funny. Um, I think Pitt probably wins that. So, uh, A&M Ole Miss, one of the great internet videos of our time is uh, it was A&M's first year in the SEC, and Tex Ags did a video from the Grove at Ole Miss, and that girl was talking about vodka water. Do you remember that video? I don't know that I've seen this. It's, it's, I'll, I'll send it to you in a link. But if any of the listeners know, one of the ultimate internet – like college football internet heroes was this girl who was just absolutely vibing in the Grove uh, with Ole Miss. She, she was a treat. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Um, the, the Grove is wild, man. I've never been. I'd, I'd love to go. Uh, Notre Dame, Virginia. It's kind of a snoozer. Well, and uh, I mean, it could be fun because Notre Dame's offense is really, or defense yeah. is really good and Virginia's offense is, but I think Brennan Armstrong's out. Yeah, I know. And so that's Virginia's quarterback. So that one, that one changes for Sucks. me there. Arkansas, LSU, Arkansas. Yeah, dude, what the heck favorite. am I going to write about on Sunday? Um, Nevada and San Diego State, the late night game, 830. Nothing else is on. That one after TCU. That that could be a fun have one more beer before bed yes, game for absolutely. sure. Um, San Diego State under Brady Hoke. Only one loss. Pretty impressive, man. It is. It Pretty impressive. Is. Oklahoma State. Okay, wait. Not Oklahoma State. Sorry. San Oklahoma Di- State's playing TCU. We talked about that one. San Diego. <laughs> shut up. San Diego State Stadium is called Dignity Health Sports Park. That sucks. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm pulling for Nevada. Are there any other weird I mean, games? Whatever, whatever you need. Top twenty-five. I'm trying to see if there's one. I honestly don't. I'm not super excited about this week's slate, Me which either. is dumb. I think I'm just tired from the season, man. It's just been long. It has. Um, George. Okay, Georgia's only a twenty-point favorite at Tennessee. I think Tennessee's overvalued. Yeah, man. I do too. I think everyone's trying to will that into existence, and it's just not there. The saddest pick'em of all time: South Carolina, Missouri. Dude, South Carolina! I can't believe it's a pick'em. I would have taken South Carolina plus. Oh, I, I guess it was South Carolina plus one is where it opened. That's that's a depressing game. Yeah. Uh, okay, Parker. It very much is. Yeah. What else? What else is going on? Anything else? Any other topics you got going on in the world of college football this week? I think at this point we're just—I mean—we're just here for the home stretch, man. Three more games of the regular season, and then we'll have bowls and everything. Weird. I feel like we're in no man's land with TCU. You know? Yeah, it, you kind of had that march to a bowl, but you say, "All right, look. Assume you beat Kansas, which never do, but assume you beat Kansas. It, it, the task is really simple: beat either Iowa State or Oklahoma State, and hope you get the first responders bowl." Yeah, and don't get absolutely blasted by a MAC team. Yeah. Or maybe if they do, they can hire your boy from Kent State or whoever. I don't know. They've been kind of underwhelming. They're losing 19-14 to 14 right now. So, uh, that's not right, well, no. Are they playing? I saw Ball yeah. State was playing. Yeah, dude, three Mac games. We're in full Mac action swing. Hell yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to watch that before I go to bed. Um, all right, Barker. I'm calling it. This has been the Purple Theory Podcast. I'm your one of your co-hosts, Grant McGalliard. He's the other one. He's Parker Fleming. You can find him on Twitter at Stats of War. You can find me on Twitter at Grant McGalliard, spelled like it sounds with all those vowels. Watch the Bet US podcast, which occurs, and a live show, which occurs when, Parker? To, uh, tomorrow at 11 Central. Okay, and that is on YouTube.com. 
yeah, a website. Uh, there's a link in my in my profile on Stats of War. I'll tweet it out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Watch that. Um, it is really good, and you get a lot of good advice. And Parker's generally right about his picks. Are you in first? You're in first in that pick, aren't you? No, I'm getting my ass kicked, dude. Kyle, Kyle and Gary are so good. I thought you didn't you get off to a hot start or something this year, and then it, anyway. No, I got off to a terrible uh, a terrible start. <laughs> okay, well, screw me. And then. I uh, came back, but then this last weekend, Grant, my model fifty four percent against the spread. I picked seven games. I picked all losers. The probability <laughs> of that happening is incredible, just absolutely incredible. Okay, well, go follow Parker because his luck is about to turn. And uh, as always, thank you for liking, listening, subscribing, all of that. Uh, Three more weeks. We're going to get through it. We're going to make a bowl. Go Frogs. Go Frogs.